What's good, y'all? Welcome back to the Playmakers Corner Podcast. This is episode 99. I am one of your co-hosts, Simon Villanos, a.k.a. Coach V. I'm another one of your co-hosts, Cody Stoffer. And I'm your last co-host, Mason Austin. And today is our 4A 2021 End of the Year Awards. Uh, look, this one is probably going to be the toughest end of the year award show that we'll be doing. Um, there's a lot of categories here with a lot of very deserving finalists. And so we're super excited to hop into this. You know, the fan vote will definitely have a very, very big, a very, very big influence on um, on a lot of these votes here. And speaking of the fan vote, let me go ahead and talk about the process here. So altogether, there are five total votes three of those votes are among us because there are you know basically one vote for each of us so me mason and cody we each get to have one vote for each category uh another vote is our guy jesse budin coach budin he is a college coach also friend of the podcast he's kind of i guess more of the outside source and whatnot and so he is voting as well and so we'll talk about his votes uh as we go on and talk about everyone's votes in every category and then finally you the fans have our fifth and last vote here basically whoever wins the majority of votes gets the fan vote easy enough right so there you go there but with that being said we are going to go ahead and hop into our newcomer of the year voting here mason do you want to talk about uh your finalists first and also explain what a newcomer of the year, what that award is, in case uh, we have any fans that are tuning in for the first time. Yeah, no, definitely. So newcomer of the year is a freshman that was on varsity and did an impact for their squad, basically. Um, my first guy that I'm going to talk about is out of Ponderosa High School. It's the quarterback, Andrew Heidel. Uh, this guy, he he's a rookie quarterback, but he put up 1,498 yards, 16 passing touchdowns on 128 completions. Uh, he definitely got it done for this squad. He had a total of seven interceptions in some of his key games. I'd like to say is probably against Montrose. He had he went 20 of 38 for 200 or 192 yards, sorry, and two touchdowns. His first game of the season against Legend, he had 113 yards on 10 completions for four touchdowns. Um, He gets it done in the running form a little bit. Um, I don't like this statistic where they kind of count sacks against them for this. But, you know, against Palmer Rich, he did have 22 total yards and a touchdown. Uh, But, you know, as a quarterback on this, you know, for a level he definitely gets it done and i've seen this kid personally play and he is kind of a dog and he's definitely someone to watch going forwards um i i guess that's all i really have to say i'm gonna go ahead and pass it off to simon to talk about our next newcomer of the year all right and so this other finalist here is the linebacker from liberty high school in colorado springs lucas Westerman now Liberty I'm pretty sure did not win a single game this year or got close to winning a game this year going 0-10 but they may have found their linebacker of the future here as he was extremely productive in multiple games here on the season 88 total tackles a tackle for loss hurry um, pass deflection so you know those are pretty good stats for somebody that is starting on varsity and playing the competition he's playing he averaged about 11 tackles per game um i want to talk about some of his key games here against coronado he had 11 tackles and that tackle for loss against cheyenne mountain i was at that game he had 19 tackles the next week against thornton uh he had 20 total tackles uh the following week after that against widefield he had 16 tackles and then against palmer he had 14 tackles basically in the month of october he went crazy going over 10 tackles pretty much in every single game um having at least 14 tackles uh in each of these last four games of the season for liberty and so that's pretty big time you know that's where a lot of his tackles came from in about a month of uh of play he also had you know five tackles against falcon if you want to include all of the october games 
uh, here. But Lucas Westerman from Liberty High School is definitely up here for a reason. You know, he was one of the lone bright spots of a very, you know, of, 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 a, of a Liberty High School squad, you know. So there you go there. Now I'm going to go ahead and pass this uh, off to Cody, who's going to talk about a player on a team that had exactly the opposite kind of season of a Liberty High School. And by the opposite, we mean the best kind. We're talking the state championship kind. I'm talking about the Chatfield Chargers. And I'm talking about Brock Narva, the running back slash cornerback slash linebacker slash receiver slash whatever you need this kid to do. He can do it. He is an absolute playmaker. And Mason and I got to see him live, you know, in that state championship game against Erie. I do want to do a low-key apology to Brock because, you know, he was in our DMs as an eighth grader. And uh, I personally, I'll own up to it, I didn't get to his film, but boy, he made sure that I would never forget his name again. On the season, he did run for 513 yards as well as five touchdowns. And then he added on another 186 receiving yards and two touchdowns as well as another 387 of kick return, another 62 of punt return, and another 43 of interception return, totaling to 1,191 yards on the season. And I think that his versatility just speaks for itself. On top of that, you know, he also had 49 tackles, including 10 in that state championship game, actually, and nine of which were solo. One was very big time as it was on a fourth down against Blake Barnett, who's a guy who we will talk about later in this episode. And it was a huge fourth down stop, honestly. As on top of that, you know, his interception game has been strong. I talked about how many yards he had, but he did have an interception against Longmont, fielding another player we'll talk about in Keegan Patterson. He had an interception in a close win over Fountain Fort Carson as well, as well as two pass deflections too. So, you know, I think he was... uh kind of feeding off of that defensive back energy, you know, that uh, Fountain Fort Carson kind of uh, radiates, you know, with that legendary secondary there, as well as he caused a fumble there. Then, you know, against Erie in that state championship game, once again, he had an interception for 20 yards. So, you know, on the season, he scored a total of eight touchdowns, and overall just contributed anywhere and everywhere he can he's super athletic and uh you know he's a dog and and that's that and uh yeah he is half of the equation for a successful hook and ladder in a state championship game on a final drive that's legendary uh hook and ladders don't work uh, um well they do but not not like that uh, in one of the gutsiest and best calls I've ever seen, by the way. Shout out to that coaching staff. But anyways, you know, that's Brock Narva. And I believe I'm going to pass it right back to Coach V here talking about maybe a surprising uh, candidate for some of our listeners, but a very well-deserved one. And Simon has the evidence to back it up. Yeah, I'm here to talk about Rhett Armstrong, the kicker, the freshman kicker, obviously, for Palmer Ridge High School, you know. Uh, I mean, I'm just going to talk about his kicking stats here. But on the year, had 60 total points. That's including, you know, PATs. Uh, didn't kick many field goals, or at least if he did, uh, they didn't list many of those down. But, I mean, everyone knows Palmer Ridge. They know they have weapons. I mean, why kick field goals when... You know, you could throw it up to your 6-3 receiver in Costanza, or you could run it with Connor Cook, or you could run it, like, whatever. You know, list list a skill player, and that's that's not a bad idea to go for it on fourth down. So I understand that, you know. But on the year, though, uh, 57 of 62. Um, so that means he made 57 of his 62 kick attempts, which is pretty good. He's at basically a 90% um completion kick rating which is really good obviously better than a lot of kickers around the state because there are obvious uh, there it's very obvious that some teams don't know how to kick an extra point or can't kick an extra point so there you go there in the playoffs he did not miss any kicks at all i think that's important to say 
Um, the couple kicks he missed, I mean, he never really went any games missing more than two. The one time he missed two kicks was against Pueblo West, but they blew them out 41-14, to 14, so it didn't matter. Other than that, you know, he's never missed more than two kicks in his entire career. And so there you go. That is Rhett Armstrong, the very efficient kicker for Palmer Ridge, who I know for a fact has been consistently kicking 50-yarders to 60-yarders for uh, probably since eighth grade, I would say, confidently, actually. He's he's that guy. He's that guy, a kicker, and, uh, I mean, he, he's going to probably get a four right off of it, too. But with that being said, I believe that is all of our Newcomer of the Year finalists. So, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and cast my vote first. I thought about another player, and that's probably, you know, the other one's probably the one that's going to win it. I want to show Rhett Armstrong some love here. I believe he deserves it. I mean, this consistently consistency as a kicker doesn't come all the time. You know, there's a reason some teams rather go for two uh, all the time rather than kick the PAT. So I'm going to give my vote to Rhett Armstrong. I think, you know, he's a very consistent part of this Palmer Ridge team, and he will be for the next couple years. He's somebody that, you know, I mean, he could be the next great kicker coming out of Colorado. Shout out to my boy Daniel Carlson on the Raiders. So uh, there you go. But Cody or Mason, do y'all want to talk about y'all's pick for newcomer of the year? Mason, you can go ahead and uh, you can talk about your vote as well as the fan vote. Yeah, for sure. I'm going to go ahead and start with the fan vote. Um, With 47% of the... 358 votes the fans did go ahead and pick a you know freshman brock narva um and i'm gonna echo this uh brock narva is a dog he you know he was like cody said he was a part of that hook and ladder play which that's probably one of the plays i'll never forget in my entire entire life as a coach knew at arapaho said sitting up there with us that play doesn't work don't put it in your playbook um but they, they put it in their playbook and they called it, and man, that was insane. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to echo the same thing as the fan vote. Brock Narva, uh, Cody, you want to talk about you and Jesse's picks? Yeah, so, uh, you know, Jesse saw eye-to-eye with the masses as well and cast his vote for Brock Narva. Um, I'm sure that I, I got to meet up with Jesse uh, about a week before this recording, and he did verbally tell me uh, before texting me the rest of his picks that he was choosing Brock Narva, um, you know, for, for a newcomer. And, you know, Brock, I mean, he can't argue with his versatility. I mean, it's just crazy that, you know, on a team that has a Jake Marshall, who is a candidate in one of our other categories and who has a Mason Lowe, who I've done a breakdown on and is a phenomenal athlete. Brock is in stride with those guys uh, if not better in some areas you know and was one of the i'd say most reliable receivers on this chatfield team that you know they didn't pass a whole bunch you know what i mean i mean they didn't have to but like you know obviously when when it came time to make a play brock did on the fourth down stop intercepting blake barnett in the state championship and successfully completing a hook and ladder in a state championship as a freshman it's unprecedented for that kind of poise i mean he was fourth on their team in receiving yards as a freshman so it's just it's honestly amazing and i was blown away and you know for anyone who thinks that chatfield is just going to disappear you're wrong because not only do they have mason low as a senior they have brock narva only as a sophomore this upcoming season so with that being said you know congratulations to all of our candidates i gotta echo you know simon's vote here that you know Rhett is a great selection and there are a lot of teams that lose games because they can't kick pats and Rhett is going to win palmer ridge a lot of games and you know probably help bring palmer ridge a championship during his time over there at palmer ridge you know brock narva he's just done it already you know uh which is no fault of Rhett's, obviously because it's a team sport but like you know what i mean uh he was integral to that and congratulations to andrew who's going to continue to tear it up he he has me excited for ponderosa football especially when mason was telling me about their game and um 
lastly, obviously, congratulations to, you know, uh, Lucas Westerman as well for trying to uh, change that culture over there. And uh, best of luck, boys. We will be keeping our, you guys will be on our radar. All that being said, coming up next, unless anybody else has anything to say, we will be talking offensive playmaker of the year. Welcome back to the Playmakers Corner podcast, y'all. I am one of your hosts, Cody Stoffer, joined here by Coach V and Mason Austin. And we are talking Offensive Playmaker of the Year candidates. This was one of our most popular, you know, polls to date. So first off, shout out to y'all the fans for 526 votes. Dang, that's intense. So to start us off here, I'm going to be talking about the dynamic athlete out of Dakota Ridge High School, Noah Triplett. Holy cow, he's been on our radar since he was a sophomore. And in his junior year, he lived up to the hype. I saw him in his game against Longmont. And it, it was a playoff game, I should mention. In that playoff game against Longmont, he was a dog, rushing for 297 yards on 28 attempts and two scores. One of those scores being a 91-yard rushing touchdown. He was so fast. He's so fast. Like, I can see flame marks popping off behind him because he's just so dang quick. And he gets up to speed insanely fast. And his athleticism and footwork doesn't stop there. You know, we just we just did our top five running backs episode. So go ahead and give that a listen if you haven't. But, uh, you know, watching running back film and watching through Noah Triplett's film, he could have been on this top five list you know, uh, competing with these seniors. That's how good he is. And he's very versatile as well. You know, he's a back who can catch out of the backfield, you know, which is a part of the game of football these days, even though some running backs and fans don't think that it is. Catching the football is a job of the running back. And Triplett did that this year to the tune of 29 receptions for 372 yards and three scores. And, you know, on top of all of that, you know, shout out to that Dakota Ridge coaching staff and that special teams coordinator you know nobody talks about special teams too much we're trying to put some love on it because obviously you know you had Rhett Armstrong as a candidate in our newcomer of the year and talking about Noah Triplett part of his film and his ability to score is talking about special teams because man they have all kinds of tricky fake reverses real reverses and all that kind of stuff going on over there and you know Noah capitalized off of that with a couple of returns that you know went to that that went far, I should say. Uh, he had one kickoff return for a touchdown in a game that Mason actually saw and a player that he'll be talking about soon. But anyways, you know, he racked on another like 192 yards or my bad, 208 yards, I should say, in a kickoff return. So on the season, over 2,000 yards, Noah 2K is one of your offensive playmaker of the year candidates. And with all of that being said, I'm going to pass the mic to Mason to talk about one of Noah's opponents during the regular season. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and talk about the quarterback out of Golden, Giselle Riley. Um, this kid went off this year having 1,975 yards, 25 passing touchdowns, and nine interceptions. Uh, they don't have any of his stats as like game by game, so... Luckily, I've seen him quite a few times this year, but he also had 953 yards rushing with 17 rushing touchdowns as well. This guy gets it done all over, and his pocket awareness is insane. Um, I've seen him against uh, Chatfield, against Dakota Ridge, and against Palmer Ridge. Um, And in all of those games, he was the reason their offense made anything happen. You know, his vision down the field, he would step out of the pocket and make it happen with his legs this kid is insane i can't give exact stats but i know for a fact he was in the shootout against dakota ridge where dakota ridge took the ball out of his hands at the end ran the ball down ended up kicking a field goal to win the game because they couldn't stop him they ran the clock out you know so he definitely deserves to be here but i'm gonna go ahead and pass it over to simon for another one of our finalists thank you i'm gonna go ahead and talk about uh, Vista Ridge's very own 
junior wide receiver, three-star wide receiver, by the way, Brandon BB Hills. BB is an absolute beast. Every time I watched him play, man, he was burning somebody <laughs> straight up, man. Um, that Pine Creek game early on in the season on September 11th was actually like probably – I don't know if it was just, I mean, it definitely wasn't his coming out party because he definitely, um, you know, performed before then. But for me, you know, it really made the case for his, you know, uh, offensive playmaker of the year status here because he just killed it, man. Uh, and so I'm going to talk about that game real quick here against Pine Creek, who obviously has a great defense. He had three receptions for 95 re- uh, receiving yards and a touchdown in that game as well. He also had, um, I believe he returned, geez, he returned three kicks for 150 yards. So basically averaging 50 yards or a turn, which is wild, you know. But I'm going to talk about his season stats real quick before I move on, though. Um, on the season, he has 69 receptions for 1,069 receiving yards and 13 receiving touchdowns. You know, he was getting it done over there um, on kickoff or kick return. And punt return, I believe he had two, yep, two punt return touchdowns and two kick return touchdowns, which do matter. Against Pine Creek, he had a kick return uh, for a touchdown. So there you go. You know, B.B. Hills, he's a speedster who, I mean, you just get the ball in his hands, whether it's on a screen or whatever, and he'll make something happen. He's electrifying, you know. Uh, same as well, you know, I mean, if you, I mean, they have a four-star quarterback in Braden Dorman. If you look downfield, he could beat anybody, almost anybody, pretty much one-on-one and come down with the ball. He is that dude. And so I'm going to talk about some more key games here against Montrose. He had nine receptions for 124 yards and a touchdown. That does include a long of 71 yards on one catch as well. Um, against Ponderosa, 10 receptions for 108 receiving yards and a 10-7 dub over them. Against Skyline in the playoffs, I got to see him again there. You know, he had five receptions for 93 receiving yards and two receiving touchdowns. Uh, Also had two carries for 35 yards. I don't know if maybe it's because... I don't know. Maybe it was the design of the play and it counted as uh, rushing yards instead of receiving yards, but oh well. So there you go then even against a very good loveland team you know he got in there with four receptions 34 yards and that is not easy to do so that's bb hills the speedster from vista ridge high school um yeah i mean just one of the best offensive weapons in the entire state now mason do you want to go ahead and talk about our last offensive playmaker of the year finalist here yeah no definitely i will Um, We're going to go ahead and talk about another uh, state champion, uh, Chatfield High School's very own Jake Marshall. Uh, I guess he's more of a wildcat quarterback. His his passing stats aren't everything for him. You know, he only had three completions on seven attempts for 15 yards and a touchdown all year. But where he gets it is his rushing at uh, 289k. Carries 1,944 yards, 28 touchdowns with a long of 80 yards. Um, And he also got it done by receiving not a lot, but he did get eight receptions for 54 yards. So, you know, again, they max preps not helping me out here, giving me any big games for him. But we definitely saw him in the state championship game. Uh, You know, Cody and I went and saw him and we didn't get, you know, disappointed at all he ran the ball for them very well he you know displays great you know rushing skills and just all over the field up and down it no matter what um i saw him against golden where he was their lead rusher and he rushed a lot they gave him the ball they trusted it with it in with it in his hands you know he went down and they ended up winning that game against you know giselle riley another one of our finalists um that being said, that is all I, you know, can really say for this one. Uh, is it okay if I go ahead and say my pick for you guys? Yeah, go for it. Awesome. So for me personally, I am gonna go ahead and pick Giselle Riley as my offensive playmaker of the year. Um, uh, Simon, Cody, whoever, uh, you guys want to go ahead and talk about yours? Yeah. So um, also gonna just point out here that um, Giselle Riley. 
while he didn't win the fan vote, he did rack up 18% in one of our closest polls. But, um, you know, I'm going to talk about the fan vote in general, though. You know, Giselle with 18%, Jake Marshall that Mason talked about with 15% as well. But our winner of the fan vote was none other than B.B. Hills, you know, that dog out there in Vista Ridge. He balled out this year. And, uh, you know, I do want to share that uh, on on this Twitter post that one of the comments about B.B. Uh, Hills was that one time before a game, this fan saw saw him help an elderly woman cross the street. And I just love that. And hearing, you know, while it, he won the offensive uh playmaker fan vote and you know he he won over a lot of hearts with that he's a great dude uh we've we've only exchanged dms i believe i don't know wait simon you haven't met bb yet have you no okay i didn't think no, so not yet we're we'll but meet we, him next we will. week T-Pol gorilla tryouts he'll be there exactly so uh we'll meet him then but uh you know he, he just sounds like a real stand-up kid and uh like he's gonna be a really great dude as he continues down this path of life. So congratulations to BB for winning the fan vote of offensive playmaker. However, I'm going to cast my vote as well as submit Jesse Booten, Coach Booten's vote out of uh, Trinity International's vote uh, for Noah Triplett, the guy who I talked about first. I'm returning back to square one to talk about him and just what an incredible athlete he was and just what an incredible season he had. I mean, goodness gracious, he ate, dude. Like, he scored so many times. I think he ran for 28 touchdowns. Yeah, he ran for 28 touchdowns and caught another three. So any 30-plus touchdown season is just absurd, honestly, and especially at running back. So huge shout-out to him for being able to do it in an offense that passes the ball still a pretty decent amount. You know, he didn't need as many carries as a lot of other backs to do plenty of damage. So that's two votes here for Noah Triplett. Simon, you want to bring us home with your final vote? Yeah. Oh, man. This one was hard. No, I mean, no offense to Jake Marshall, but he was definitely a little bit on the back burner for for me at least so this was the, definitely a three-way race between no triplet jason o'reilly and bb it was uh, probably the closest decision that i personally will ever have to make in any of these end of the year award shows because all of these guys could win also all these guys probably could you know could have been in the running for mvp as well i'm just going to be honest with you so there you go look i'm true I, I think I got to go with Dakota Ridges, Noah Triplett. It's hard to vote against him. I mean, it's hard to vote against any of these guys. I hate it. I absolutely hate it. But Noah Triplett, man, I mean, it was home run play after home run play for him. Like, this dude would hit multiple home run plays in a game pretty much every single game this year. You know, he's a beast not only as a running back but as a catcher. You know, in my opinion, he's way better than Gavin Sawchuck. And, you know, he's up there with a lot of the running backs that – we have looked at both seniors and juniors, you know. I think he just does a lot, and, I mean, I think he's an absolute stud. He might be one of the best running backs out there since Q Jones, IMO, and so I have to I have to pick him because he just had an excellent season. Jazel Riley, I mean, he, he did his thing coming out and, you know, just balling out, you know, proving our expectations wrong. I look forward to talking about him a lot more. We have our season in review episode, also episode 100, dropping on Friday. And so we'll, I'll, I'll talk about him more then and uh, that whole story because I, I love it. You know, I love his game. I love his attitude, um, you know, how he was raised, like his background. It's it's awesome. Like this dude's a great dude. You know, also he's probably like a four-star talent, at least three-star, four-star talent in the country. He's he's a special one. So, you know, there you go. Um, the one time I did watch him play, unfortunately, was against Fountain for Carson. That, <laughs> As much as I don't want to say that affected my vote, it did. It, like, if he lit up bouncing for Carson and that elite secondary, I would have been like, oh, okay. You know, he's, he's you know, he's somebody that might have secured my vote. But he did it, And he didn't make any bad plays either. I was very impressed by, um, you know, his composure in that game. But like I said, we'll talk about that in our season and review episode. So just want to put respect on his name. And then B.B. Hills, I was literally this close 
I don't know if the camera could see while well, you're listening to it, so you can't even. It doesn't matter. But BD Hills, <laughs> he, oh my God, he made an impression after that Pine Creek game and in that Skyline game as well. I just think, I mean, Noah Triplett did so much for his squad. You know, I, man, he just did. You know, and BB, I think he's definitely going to be in the running for either this or MVP next year. There's no doubt about it. And uh, honestly, I look forward to meeting the guy and watching him play again in person. Well, I, I don't know if he'll suit up during tryouts. He said he might just sit, which is fine. Like, I mean, I don't think they're not going to give him a spot on Team Full Gorilla. So there you go. But BB is the type of guy that you have to see in person before he graduates. Like, he's he's prime time out there, man. Like, I shoot. Wait, Cody, Mason, have y'all seen him live yet? haven't gotten to but i know that we're going to go to a vista ridge game as a as a podcast probably this upcoming year so yeah Yeah, because y'all also have to see great dormant live too yeah and and tfg true this upcoming year is exciting yeah for sure but not bb is must watch all these guys are must watch to be honest with you so uh there you go no triplet is your 4a offensive playmaker of the year this one was pretty close i'm not gonna lie but i think i think we got it it could have went like four different ways too though so that's why they're finalists even then that was hard getting it down to this four too they were there were a lot of other players it was a nightmare this was these were the hardest list to make period i did not Um, like it it was harder than 5a agree A lot of the guys we left off is coming back for next year, too. So that does, <laughs> does make it easier. It kind of makes our life miserable for another year. Yeah. Unless, you know, 6A we, we really have, changes it up. So we'll, We have we'll a see. lot of seniors in our next category, though. Yeah. So coming up next, Defensive Playmaker of the Year. Finalist. What's good, y'all? Welcome back to the Playmakers Corner Podcast. We're talking Defensive Playmaker of the Year finalists. And I'm going to go ahead and get this started and talk about, first off, our number one linebacker in the class of 2022 from the state of Colorado, from the box state, basically. And that is Loveland's very own Ian Loomis. Go ahead and check out episode 82 if you haven't yet, because that's where we did a full breakdown on Ian Loomis. But this kid's a beast, you know. He's somebody that um, hasn't committed to a college yet, but he had an absolutely great season this year, as well as last year on the year. He had 163 total tackles. I'm pretty sure that is top five amongst uh, tacklers all over the state, regardless of level. Also at the inside linebacker spot, 21 tackles for losses and eight sacks as well uh, on the season. Also 14 hurries, which is Jesus. He's just getting absolutely crazy pressure off that edge, up the middle, whatever. That's a testament to how good he is. Like I said, go ahead and check out that episode. Um, He also, and the stats don't stop there. He also caused three fumbles and had three pass deflections and had a fumble recovery while playing some you know some offense here and there as well ian loomis man just absolutely continuing his dominance this season and playing great games i want to highlight first off i want to start with the last game of uh his season unfortunately i was actually at it uh, at his last high school career game but that was against pine creek in the playoffs in colorado springs where they barely lost 7-10. to He had 16 tackles in that game and a tackle for loss. He was flying everywhere. And even then, Pine Creek was running the ball away from Ian Loomis and doing everything they can to do that. Yet Ian Loomis, 16 tackles on the season. Uh, That's tied uh, for his second highest. Well, but also he got 16 tackles in three other games. So there you go. But, you know, he was just an absolute beast against a Windsor who uh, they just barely beat 14-7. to He had 22 total tackles and three tackles for losses against Ralston Valley, a D1 team, who they only lost 25-6 to against. You just said a D1 team. Oh, they're not a D1 team. 
against Ralston Valley, a 5-8 team, who they only lost 25-6 to against. You know, he only had 16 total, or he had 16 total tackles and a season-high five tackles for loss in that backfield over there. And so, uh, you oh, also he had three sacks in that game against Ralston Valley as well, which was a... Uh, I don't know if that's a career high, but that's definitely a season high for Ian Loomis. So Ian Loomis, man, I mean, he's extremely deserving to be on this list. He was that dude for Loveland, a huge part of why they were able to upset a stacked Palmer Ridge team last year at State. And uh, and then, you know, another another big reason why they're able to make a great run and unfortunately just come up short against a very talented uh, Pine Creek team. But with that being said, let me go ahead and pass it off to Cody so that he could talk about another Depoy finalist. Yeah, and for this Depoy, we are actually going to go a little bit south from Loveland here, just north of Denver, talking about a Thornton player here in Isaac Gomez, who, I mean, he made a killing this year catching the ball. You know, he's a dynamic wide receiver first off. You know, watching his film, he has phenomenal ball skills. And he treats, you know, he treats the defensive side of the ball the exact same way that he treats the offensive side of the ball. And that's with aggression at the point of attack here. You know, on the season, Isaac Gomez had 27 tackles, you know, which is not bad for corner. But he had seven interceptions, five pass deflections, and a forced fumble and he just climbs in an invisible staircase to grab the football out of the sky and rip it away from from the offense or you know if he's on offense ripping away from the defense he has some of the best ball skills in the state you know i think that uh thornton they've put together a couple of pretty solid players out there and uh you know, I wouldn't be surprised if we don't see them on the rise, especially because it's only Isaac Gomez's junior year. So huge shout out to uh, Isaac there being one of our defensive playmaker of the year candidates. Seven interceptions. That's it's pretty nuts. Pretty nuts. One of the top in the state. So but, uh, you know, talking kind of going back from that secondary into, you know, more of that grimy front seven. I think Mason has our next guy here. Yeah, I definitely do. And I'm going to go ahead and talk about Aurora Central High School's own Marcus Howard, the defensive end, who I want to say this year he lit it up. Um, he's he's a dog. You know, he had 23 sacks this year, you know, 78 total tackles, 47 of them being solo tackles. Um, going just into, you know, his defensive stats, he gets it done on the offense two format receiver. But sack-wise, he had – four games where he had at least three sacks and against Vista peak prep, he had four, you know, so he definitely, you know, he's a force to be reckoned with coming off the edge and, you know, Cody and I saw him live. Thankfully he gets so low for being six, six. He's so tall. Oh my God. <laughs> he just throws around defenders, you know, and he, there's a reason why he, you know, put up 23 sacks this year. He isn't a slouch and he definitely gets it done. But, you know, just going off of his defense, you know, tackles-wise, he gets it done to block in the run game. You know, having 31 assists with 47 to, like, tackles for solo tackles. You know, 26 of them being tackles for losses um, on top. Or do they add that inside? They might add that into his sacks. But still, you know, 26 of them being tackles for loss. You know, he definitely gets it done all over the all over the field for them. Um yeah, I guess I guess that's all I really have to say for him. So I'm gonna go ahead and pass it back to Cody. It looks like to talk about our last finalist. Yeah, Bodie here, and I'm gonna be talking about a safety here who actually made it on our top safeties list. If you haven't heard it, that is episode. Um... Sorry, Simon. Okay. That's episode 86. When we talk about the top five class of 22 safeties in Colorado, we talk about this guy's film a lot more in there, but we're talking cash cheeks out of Mesa Ridge. He, he's just so 
tall and so athletic at safety, it's absurd. At safety this year, you know, he had 92 tackles as well as five interceptions. And, I mean, he's a guy that you just don't throw a jump ball his way because there's not a lot of six five, six foot five safeties around who are as, le- as athletic as Cash. So he's a real baller. And, yeah, I just... Uh, I was really impressing him live. You know, Mason and I did get a chance to watch him play uh, safety against Fountain Fort Carson, where I think he had two interceptions that game or or something to the tune of that. He at least had an interception in that game, and he came up big. He was playing great in the run game. You know, like I said, 92 tackles. You don't do that without great hustle and just great film IQ. And, uh, you know, Cash has exactly that. And that's what Jesse saw here voting Cash Cheeks as his defensive playmaker of the year. And, uh, you know, kind of echoing the sentiment of 17% of the fan vote. But, you know, there is a little bit of a turn following that. You know, some of the other candidates, Isaac Gomez, he racked up 3% of the votes. And Ian Loomis, you know, the guy that Simon talked about, he racked up 34%. But, you know, Simon, just kind of quickly referencing Ian Loomis here, you got to see him live. But... Who ended up winning our fan vote, and who did you end up voting for? 46% of the 319 votes that we got for Defensive Playmaker of the Year did go to Marcus Howard, who I'm actually also going to vote for, for our Defensive Playmaker of the Year. I'm pretty sure that's unanimous, right? Because we all voted for him. Yes. So, no. Because Jesse didn't vote for him. He voted for Cash. Wait, not unanimous, but I also voted for Marcus. No, I know. But yeah, so all of us but Jesse voted for Marcus Howard, who is obviously extremely deserving of this. I actually did get to see him live um, against Falcon, which arguably he had his worst game against because that was the only game this season, I think, where he did not record a single sack, which is interesting. But he did get five total tackles. You know in that game and also had a reception of 27 yards which i definitely remember because uh he he just dominated that secondary there i was surprised well i wasn't surprised i wish their quarterback could get him the ball more but they couldn't so there you go but marcus Howard, he's an absolute beast man 23 sacks yeah that's extremely hard to get that's basically a sack every game like i said every game except for the one that i went to so <laughs> so there you go but I mean, he's he was a dog over at Aurora Central. I believe he is committed to the University of Northern Colorado. Go Bears! Right? Yep, Bo Gares. You know, UNC getting the 4A Defensive Playmaker of the Year. That is absolutely huge, man. Marcus Howard, he's, I mean, he's something. You know, he's something for real. And so extremely deserving of this one after an excellent, excellent senior year. So, um... So, yeah, but uh, do y'all have anything else to add on before we move on? All right. Well, with that being said, we're coming down to our final category here. That is MVP coming up next. Welcome back to the Playmakers Corner podcast. If you have slept through the rest of the episode, shout out to all of our candidates in Newcomer of the Year, Andrew Heidel out of Ponderosa, Lucas Westerman out of Liberty, Red Armstrong out of Palmer Ridge, and our winner of Newcomer of the Year, Brock Narva out of Chaffield High School. Congratulations to our Offensive Playmaker of the Year candidates. All of these guys could have been most valuable playmaker candidates in Noah Triplett of Dakota Ridge, who won that category. Giselle Riley, the fourth out of Golden bb hills brandon bb hills out of vista ridge and who won the fan vote and athlete jake marshall out of chatfield who we will talk about a little bit in this segment then also some guys who were probably the most valuable playmaker on their own squads at least included loveland's own ian loomis thornton's isaac gomez Aurora Central's Marcus Howard and Mesa Ridge's Cash Cheeks. But with all that being said, this was probably the hardest category to whittle down. And we still did it. 
um <laughs> through a lot of you know conversation and stuff we came down to these four guys and all of them are equally deserving to win this award if you can't tell and we're going to start off with the quarterback out of longmont keegan patterson he has been on our radar since last year where i think he threw like 23 touchdowns in that shortened season or something crazy and uh he decided to have even more Madden-like numbers this year, leading Longmont into, you know, the second round of the playoffs and an overall 7-5 and five record. He was incredible. Keegan Patterson, on the season, he had 48 touchdowns. Actually, no. I'm pretty sure he had 49 touchdowns because he scored one on defense. Yes, he had 49 touchdowns, 28 passing touchdowns, 20 rushing touchdowns, and a fumble return for a touchdown. That is dumb. It's it's it sounds made up when you when you talk it out loud. So, you know, that's just crazy that he was able to do that. And um, you know, I think that it, he was just incredible this year, honestly. He, he was just phenomenal this year. And yeah, uh, he ultimately won Coach Booten's vote. You know, I bet that he's a guy he'd like to have on his squad. But, you know, uh, Colorado School of Mines did swipe up Keegan Patterson here. Jesse's vote for most valuable playmaker. Moving on to our next candidate will be Mason Austin, who has a pretty electrifying candidate himself to talk about. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and talk about Dante Capolongo from Dakota Ridge High School. Um, this kid, it says right here he plays defensive back, wide receiver, and kick returner. Um, but he's all over the field for this team. Uh, at running back, he had 178 yards off of 18 carries this year and four touchdowns. Um, 18 carries, 178 yards. That's pretty insane. But then he had 24 receptions for 525 yards and five touchdowns. Altogether, all-purpose yards, he ended the season with a total of 1,519 all-purpose yards, adding in his kicking and punt returning yards, which ended up getting him 398 and two touchdowns, which I did get to see one in the game against uh, Golden. That was probably the most uh, heartwarming thing I could have seen. They killed all of Golden's you know, momentum at that point. Moving on, uh, tackles-wise, he has 42 solo tackles and only three assists because he doesn't need anybody's help to get anybody down. Um, but I think where he, his statistics kind of, you know, really shine is in his interceptions. He has seven interceptions with totaling for 142 like yards after getting it and two fumble recoveries. This guy, you know, he turns he gets turnovers. That's what he does, and that's why he you know, got my vote for, you know, most valuable playmaker. I'm going to go ahead and pass this one off to uh, Simon to talk about his next guy. Well, I'm going to talk about Pine Creek's very own JoJo, Josiah, Roy here. You know, on the season, had 1,408 passing yards, 15 touchdowns, so only four interceptions. Rushing-wise, though, he did have 942 rushing yards for 18 rushing touchdowns. He was the focus of this Pine Creek team. A lot of people did kind of count Pine Creek out. And so, you know, they made basically two really big statements to start off the season with 27 and 28 to 0 dubs in those games, you know, against Pueblo West. Only missed three passes, but threw for 136 yards and two touchdowns. Also ran five times for 48 yards. Against Denver East, he had 114 passing yards, only seven of 12, so not as great a passing, you know, rating. But uh, did throw a touchdown, no picks, and also ran for 113 rushing yards and two rushing touchdowns against Vista Ridge, which is where I saw him. He really, really broke out here and kind of made a case for himself, where he went four of 11 for 89 yards, but two of those. Um, well, two of those completions went for touchdowns, but he also ran 24 times, which was um, actually not a season high. I'll talk about the season high here in a minute, but ran 24 times for 158 rushing yards and three 
rushing touchdowns. His season high on carries was 27 against Chatfield, actually, who they beat 28-22 to in this game. Um, you know, he struggled passing it, but was 7-15 for 91 passing yards, two touchdowns, two interceptions, but did run 27 times for 178 rushing yards and a touchdown. That is a season high there. You know, Jojo Roy, he, I mean, he got off to a very fast start for this Pine Creek team. And, you know, he was doing his thing. He was a big reason why, you know, they kind of stayed in it with Loveland until he was taken out of the second half because of that ankle injury. And unfortunately, you know, wasn't able to play in that next playoff game that would decide state where they only lost 21-28. In fact, he only had one carry in that game against Chatfield before they took him out for Cam Cooper. Um, understandingly so, uh, just because, I mean, you know, he was hurt. So there you go there. But, uh, yeah, that's uh, JoJo Roy. Um, I'm going to save my vote. Because, Cody, did you vote? No, I announced Jesse's. Okay. Yeah, well, we'll save it towards the end there. But there you go. That's JoJo Roy's um, se- senior season for this Pine Creek Eagles where they did have a little bit of a resurgence. So, um, so yeah, but I'm going to go ahead and throw it to Cody, who's going to talk about our last finalist here. Yeah, our last and youngest finalist actually being the only non-senior on this list. He's probably going to be a candidate for the next two consecutive years, honestly. And that is Blake Barnett out of Erie High School. I talked about him in the season preview you know, because I was like, hey, Erie's going to be good. And it depends on Blake Barnett's progress. But I've seen him in real life, and he's a freaking monster. He tore he tore me up in literally my first varsity coaching game. He obliterated my squad. So I and I'll admit that because it, it was brutal. It, it was insane. He was it was ludicrous. And, uh, you know, he took it to the next level this year. Oh, my gosh. This kid, only a sophomore, threw for 2,560 yards, threw for 27 touchdowns, and ran for another 1,049 yards and 24 scores. Wow. So, you know, 49 touchdowns, that sounded crazy. But man, uh, 51 touchdowns is also pretty nuts. So, you know, Blake Barnett, he led his team to the state championship. You know, he kind of struggled a little bit in that championship game against a very good Chatfield team. But I'd say that he was a huge reason why they were in it in the first place. You know, threw for two touchdowns, ran for uh, another 145 yards in that game. And, you know, he also just in the postseason. This is his first postseason, by the way, because he didn't get a chance to, you know, do his thing last year in the COVID shortened season. But in the postseason, he did run for four touchdowns against Fruita Monument, ran for three touchdowns in a win over Palmer Ridge, ran for a score in a comeback win over Montrose. And, you know, in those games respectively against Fruita Monument, you know, threw for another 145, threw for another 150, moving the chains constantly against Palmer Ridge, and threw for 244 as well as two scores in that game against Montrose. The sky is the limit here for Blake Barnett, who actually won our fan vote. You know, he just edged out athlete Dante Capolungo, who had 34%, Jesse's candidate, who had 20%, and uh, Jojo Roy, who had 9%. Blake Barnett won the fan vote with 37% of the votes. So congratulations to Blake Barnett for being our Playmakers fan vote, most valuable Playmaker of the year and then that left two votes and that was out of 596 votes by the way yeah out of 596 votes he he got a commendable amount of percent and beat out you know uh, a guy like dante which is which is crazy and um i could go first yeah so this is hard yeah, let me let me go first here. Um, I'll talk through my my process here, so it gives you a little bit more time. It's well. well, okay. I've changed the two that I was thinking between, but I'm thinking between two still. 
Okay. Well, I'm gonna cast my vote, like I said, and we'll we'll see. Does that sound good? So you still have the you'll still have the deciding vote because look, all these guys, literally any other year would have definitely won it. You know, um, probably would have definitely won it. Won it. But I think I'm gonna actually have to go with Erie quarterback Blake Barnett here. Look. He killed it, dude. There's a reason why they went to state. You know, we talked about his film last year as a freshman. We broke it down, said he needed to be a better passer. Over the offseason, he became a better passer. Did seven on seven. Uh, brought his team to mile high. You know, I want to say the finals as well and did his thing there uh, before the regular season. And then in the regular season, literally buzzsawed every single team that came in his way like i said we have this season and review episode dropping on friday and we i mean you know we said in that episode like hey look out for erie they could cause a lot of trouble for a lot of people you know but we didn't think they would be as dominant as they were i think a big part of that was because blake barnett made significant made significant uh, strides in his game you know, he did his thing. And, you know, as a young quarterback, obviously with a great team around him, he was able to, like, I mean, still play extremely well and lead at his age. So there you go. But I had to pick Blake Barnett. Joe Giroy, he was on there. Personally, I I want to vote for him, but I can't just because of the games he missed at the end of the season. I think this would be a conversation if he was healthy for that chat last Chatfield game. Dante Capolongo, I mean, gave him a ton of love in that cornerbacks episode. Make sure you check that out. I think episode 90. Yeah, episode 90. He's a steal for CU. He's probably going to get playing time day one. Keegan Patterson, I mean, mine's literally just went deep in the D2 playoffs, I'm pretty sure, right? So they're getting another guy who could lead them. I think he he's extremely special so look out for that quarterback episode here senior quarterback episode here in a couple weeks but yeah i think i had to go with blake barnett so cody with that being said who are you going to vote for all right so here's here's how this is going to be done right okay Okay, so with with my vote being cast it's going to make it a tie but we have a way to settle this because there's no co-mdp here all right my vote is personally going to keegan patterson I'm going to put some respect on his name here because in the game that he didn't play against Blake Barnett's Erie, which I think could have given him the edge in the touchdown count, they lost to Erie 50 to 6 without Keegan. Every other game, I mean, their next lowest game was against Loveland, you know, which is, you know, one of the best defenses, if not the best defense in 4A, you know where they scored 14 points, but every other game they scored over 20. Like, you know, even in the playoff loss, they put up 35 in their playoff win. They put up 25, you know, against Windsor, which was a surprising loss. You know, they still put up 22 points and he ran crazy. He had 186 carries this year, which is just nuts for a quarterback, you know, so, you know, that's why I had to choose Keegan Patterson. He had more yards, and I think that if he played in that Erie game, he'd have more touchdowns than Blake Barnett. I think he's the most valuable playmaker. However, with the vote split two and two, you, the fans, and the poll is the tiebreaker. So because Blake Barnett had more percentage of the votes in the fan vote, Blake Barnett will be our most valuable playmaker for the fall 21 season. Ooh, I'm clapping because I'm the only one here that voted for him. <laughs> but, but ooh, I, look, all these guys deserved it. That's tough, you know, but I mean, I think that's fair. I the think fans the fan have to live with it. Way. Keegan, yeah, bring I mean, it up with the fans. Yeah. But I think that's a fair tiebreaker because at the end of the day, it's about who made the biggest impression on the fans. And, you know, a lot of schools, they have a big social media presence, but Erie's not really one of them. So everybody knew in Colorado what Blake Barnett was about. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I mean, if you're mad at it, you could always join social media. You could choose to have more people join social media for this uh, state to become a football state. You have to be a little bit better there football wise. So uh, and social media wise. But yeah, wow. Right. I mean, 
I'm just saying. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just saying. I'm shook right now. Yeah, I. Uh, we'll probably get some pushback. When do we not get pushback on something? Oh my god. I just want to put like all of these MVPs were nuts this year. All of these candidates. Four yeah. A was the hardest one. Uh, it's got. I like. I think I already have my five A votes ready. Honestly, for next week. Um, <laughs> so, so like before a even before the episode uh, i had to watch through everyone's film i looked at the stats over and over and over again i watched the film a second time third time and i've seen a lot of these guys live too so it's not like you know yeah. i've seen one thing and not the other i mean that was the case in in like opoi but i mean i all of these guys impressed me live and uh i'm i'm really happy for them i wish they could all be happy and win but uh there can only be one. Better as watch too. There can only be one. No, you're right. There could only be one MVP. We could do Kyle Depoys, Elpoys, newcomer of the year, but I think for MVP, I, it's it, there has to be one, you know. And so, I mean, unless you the fans are cool with it being Keegan Patterson and Blake Barnett, that's fine. You could decide that. But for now, we're gonna call it uh, for Blake Barnett. And whenever we post this stuff on our website, that's uh, that's gonna be the winner. But I don't know if we'll have another close uh, close voting here. I mean, because it could have been different, too. Dante Capologo, if he won just by three more percent, it could have been him with the two votes. And then, you know, Blake Barnett with one. And then, well, then it would have been Dante, well, have been as, Dante. Yeah. as MVP <laughs> because he had more percentage than Keegan. Yeah. It's crazy. Mason, what, what, what do you have to say uh, about all of this? Go for it. <laughs> Okay, I don't know. For me, personally, I was picking between Dante and, and Blake Barnett, um, going back and forth, and, you know, I ended up picking Dante. But, uh, you know, I think Blake Barnett is very deserving of it. And just the fact that, like he said, Cody, he put up mad numbers this year, like kind of insane numbers this year. Uh, you know, he got it done for his squad, and he led them to a championship. You know, yes, they didn't win, but... God, it's going to be scary to see Erie for the next couple of years with this guy, you know, leading the way. Um, I could see him being back next year, even. Um, I don't know exactly because, you know, we haven't looked at, you know, who they're losing yet. But Keegan, he's, he's, he's a heck of a quarterback, man. And I think, honestly, he's a D1 guy and he's going D2, you know, that's going to be biased. But, you know, it's it is what it is. And. You know, he's going to the school of mines, and they got one heck of a quarterback coming to them. And, yes, they went deep into the playoffs this year. And next year, if they let him take, you know, take the wheel, they uh, might not be going deep. They might go all the way. So it's tough to pick, but I I, I like where it ended up because, you know, Blake was definitely my number two. So, yeah. Dude, something else. I want to point out here is I'm pretty sure that Blake and Keegan's uh, quarterback coach is uh, Warren McCarty, the uh, uh, Warrior QB coach, and I, and so is Cole Kerr, uh, who did win our 1A Offensive Playmaker of the Year. Go listen to that episode as well. But uh, you might have to link up with uh, Warren McCarty here. He's putting out some his boys be putting up serious numbers, and Seth Frazier too. I believe is a warrior QB guy, so that's another name to keep a keep an ear out for for next week. But uh, until next time, um, I'm gonna let Simon do the outro. But I've been your host, Cody Stoffer, and uh, take it away, Coach V. Well, there you have it. Let's go over the results of this 4A end of the year award show one more time at MVP. Your MVP. By the fans, and by me as well, is Erie's sophomore quarterback, Blake Barnett, our defensive playmaker of the year for the 2021 season on the 4A level, is Marcus Howard, also the sack leader in the entire state. Our offensive playmaker of the year goes to Noah Triplett from Dakota Ridge High School. Um, absolutely killed it. We'll be here next year. And then our 4A 22-1 Newcomer of the Year winner does go to Brock Narva, the running back from Chatfield, who we will definitely see more of. So there you go there. This was a great end-of-the-year award show. 
Uh, hey, stay tuned. We have five eight next week, so five eight definitely won't be as hard as four A. But you know, there's obviously some ballers out there as well. And so, if you want to kind of keep up with us and all that, go ahead and follow us on our social media. That's at Playmakers Corner on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, uh, TikTok as well. Also, go ahead and subscribe to our YouTube channel. We're posting videos and stuff there. And then I'm going to go ahead and advertise this. But go ahead and subscribe or um, is it subscribe? No, follow. Follow our Twitch account at Playmakers Corner. Just type in Playmakers Corner. It should show up. We're going to be uh, live streaming on there a little bit more here for some things. I'm sure we will probably live stream for, um, you know, just our general reactions to Team Full Gorilla and all that. Uh, those triads, which are next weekend, by the way. And then those Ducks triads as well. And then just talk some off-season training spots. And so we're going to be doing some live streaming there. Uh, if Just in case you do miss our live streams, uh, obviously, you know, go ahead and follow us on our social media so you don't. Because we will announce it there when we do go live. But we will be posting all of our live streams on our YouTube channel as well in full so that you can see the um, the whole thing usually they will be well they will be unedited so so there you go there um so if you want to check all that out go for it and then also if you're listening to us on a major streaming platform which i'm sure you are like spotify or google Podcasts or apple Podcasts, leave us a good rating and uh you know go ahead and write a nice little review for us we appreciate that and all the support that we've gotten so far. We're going to be continuing with this here next week with our last end-of-the-year awards show. And then, like I said, on Friday, our 100th episode, we're going to be talking about the entire 2021 seasons. Um, I I can't talk. We're going to be talking about the entire 2021 season, 1A through 5A. We're going to talk about our predictions at the beginning of the year. We're going to talk about um storylines that we personally love we're gonna talk about you know great performances and whatnot uh, memories that stuck out it's gonna be a good time there'll probably be a longer episode so you can listen to you know hey if you're going to those team full gorilla tryouts you can listen to it on the way there you know because uh, that'll be a great opportunity right and then um yeah so that'll happen and then we'll be at tfg tryouts up in denver on January 15th and 16th. I think Mason and I will for sure be there on both days. Cody may make an appearance sometime on the 15th. Bodie. I mean, you could tell the fans whether you do that or not. I don't know. Um, but he'll be there on the 16th, so no worries there. We hope to meet like a lot. I like lasagna, though. dude. Get some pictures. You know, do that thing. But anyways, <laughs> I've been your co-host, Simon Villanos, a.k.a. Coach V. I'm your other co-host, Mason Austin. And uh, Cody Stauffer, signing off for this week. 100th episode! So excited.